0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Up and Coming with Coach Stitt. This week we have Brant Miner, who is an assistant men's basketball coach at Pacific University in Forest Grove, Oregon. During our interview, Coach and I will talk about many of his experiences from around the college basketball world, as well as some of his experiences setting up showcases and running different AAU organizations. So without any further ado, here's Coach Miner. Coach Miner, thanks for joining us for the podcast today. How you doing? absolutely great day
1: here thanks for having me
0: for sure really excited about this um you know i was really grateful for you whenever you reached out uh, a couple weeks ago there to kind of get me on the uh the instagram live that you've been doing and uh, i kind of thought this was a good favor or a good way to kind of return the favor here and kind of get you going a little bit and uh you know get uh get you on the podcast so we're going to start up with uh Lay up line questions here. I got five quick hitting questions for you just to kind of get the, uh, the audience to get to know you a little bit. So let's what see you- what
1: we can do. Here we go. Yeah.
0: What show are you currently watching on Netflix, Hulu, or Amazon?
1: Netflix, I have, uh, well, right now the documentary, the Jordan documentary on TV. Yep. But then uh, Netflix, I just got done with Ozarks. Okay. Ozarks. And yeah. on Amazon Prime, there's one I like called Red Oaks. It's about a 1980 country club, hilarious. I'll
0: have to check that out. I just had uh, I had a good friend of mine, Chris Klimchok, on the podcast a couple weeks ago. He gave me the Ozark shout too. That's uh, that's definitely on the list on the Netflix. It's a good uh, one for sure. Yeah, everybody's been telling me about it, so that's that's on the list for sure. I'm in the middle of a deep dive into Mad Men.
1: Oh, I've heard that's a good one. I'm wa- I'm about to watch The Wire. Have you ever seen The Wire?
0: I haven't, but I've heard some good things for sure. I've heard
1: good things too.
0: How about are you, do you have Hulu?
1: Are you uh have you have. Ever seen Billions? Billions is good, yeah. yeah. A really good one. New season's getting ready to come out here pretty soon. I'm excited to see that one. I haven't I haven't seen the or I saw the most recent season, but not the new one yet, obviously. Yeah, it's
0: coming out here uh well by the time by the time this releases it will have already been out, I believe. I think it comes out
1: May first binge it yeah i'll probably binge it
0: <laughs> all right so next up we got uh what is your favorite place to eat while you're on the road with the team
1: we're we go to chipotle yeah chipotle is just kind of um it's quick and fairly easy and yep. not it can be kind of healthy compared to like <laughs> mcdonald's or no doubt So that's one we go to a lot All right, Uh, so let's go with this one. What is your favorite
0: memory as a player or a coach?
1: We're going to get into this a little bit later, but uh, as a player beating Gonzaga at Gonzaga. Yep. As a coach going to the national tournament when I was coaching at Southern Oregon. That's great. Uh,
0: What type of music are you listening to during a workout?
1: During a workout, I probably have also i have a wide variety so it's everything i'm looking at my if you're looking at my youtube or spotify now you're actually seeing a lot of disney because that's not during the workout per se but my two-year-old daughter loves for sure loves the disney so that's kind of what i've had on my my ipod
0: yep i got a niece who's almost four i can sympathize with that
1: yeah could be Uh,
0: worse all right, so last one I got here for you for the warm-ups. Um, what coach do you look up to the most in college
1: basketball? Yeah, um, and we'll talk about my ex- relationship with some of the greats uh, later on in the podcast, but um, I'm a big Coach K believer just from his discipline to his the way he runs his program. We're gonna, We'll talk about that in a little bit about just – the discipline and uh, the infrastructure and the hierarchy that he runs his program with. It's pretty amazing. For sure. I love that. That's some good stuff.
0: All right. So let's move into the the heart of the podcast. We'll get into some interview questions here. Okay. Um, for sure. so first thing I want to start off with uh, just kind of talk about your, your experience as a high school player and then kind of your, your transition and your experience as a college player um, at the at the University of Portland, um, and how that's kind of impacted you now uh, in your coaching life.
1: Yeah, great question. Uh, I love to play of the game. Started at a young age. Played um, boys and girls club, and I have a brother that's five years older than I am, and so I was always uh, trying to keep up with him and. So my brother really got me started at a young age and I went to a lot of camps in the summers and was always in the gym with my older brother and then um, had a good high school career. Played at a really great high school, Grants Pass in Southern Oregon, Um, 2,000 fans. Every home game was packed and great gym and we just had a really good run. i Played uh, three years, started on varsity, and had uh, three home losses. Wow! So we really nice. people came out and supported us. I had a good senior year, um, and I decided I wanted to go to the University of Portland. The coaches saw me play at the state tournament, and I ended up having a good state tournament my senior year. It's pretty awesome. We played where the Blazers used to play their home games before the Moda Center that they play now. So I got to play some big time games and had a great run at the state tournament and they invited me to walk on at university of Portland. And so university of Portland, division one, I'm not sure stereotypical division one basketball player. I'm six, two. And, um, back then was probably about a buck 65 and that was with <laughs> two and a half pound weights in my pockets, trying to fill out the uniform. Um, uh, but, I got the opportunity to play division one college basketball and I feel like I got pretty close to my potential. Yep. I could have gone to a smaller school and maybe played more, but basketball was just a part of it and to have the opportunity to play at the highest level. Um, even as a walk-on, I thought that was an opportunity that I couldn't pass up. Um, I studied business marketing and management, minored in entrepreneurship, and just really loved the university. It was a great school, beautiful campus, um, 10 minutes from Portland, uh, downtown. So just a great feel, 3,000 students. While I was there, the women's soccer team won two national championships. So I know you're a soccer, so you can appreciate that for sure, right, coach? That to be around that level of like, The girls on that team are still playing professionally at a high level. Christine Sinclair, Megan Rapinoe, um, some of these Portland pilots are doing pretty well.
0: Those are Um, certainly
1: two of the greats right now, I'd say. Yeah, for sure. So I I really had a great experience. I played my first two years as a walk-on. I played in 21 games without a turnover. That's great. I got to play when we beat Gonzaga. So it's just, and those guys, Adam Quick, Casey Franson, Pooh Jetter, Donald Wilson, these are guys that I'm still in communications with all the time. So just the relationships and being part of a team. Um, I never started a game. I knew my role. Um, I always say you got to know your role, accept your role, then excel at it. And I like to think I got pretty good at my role. I think I was an all-star role player. That's great. And I didn't have a turnover, and I joke as cuz I shot every time I touched it. <laughs> but in reality, I just kind of knew my role: share the ball. And when you're at the end of the game as a walk-on, let it fly, man, let it yeah. fly. So, <laughs> so I didn't turn it over because I shot. But no, I had a great experience playing. And my senior year, I got to help our women's coach, Jim Sellers. Um, So I basically guarded the posts and um tried to help however I could with the program and really had a good experience there and graduated from the University of Portland and then I started coaching right away I worked for a basketball organization for a year in Spokane right out of college and then I got back and was at Warner Pacific which is in Portland for a year and then I got the opportunity to go back down to Southern Oregon near where I was from and coach at Southern Oregon University
0: yeah that's so, awesome
1: went straight from playing into coaching but I really enjoyed the playing and then the transition to coaching has just kind of come from that. For sure. Uh, Before we get to your time uh, with Southern
0: Oregon I just want to talk about uh, you have a a pretty extensive list of uh, summer camps that it, it seems like you've been to so let's talk about specifically the summer of 2008. Um, you know, you've worked a bunch of different camps throughout your career, but, you know, in the summer of 2008, you got to work, uh, if if I'm not mistaken, Tennessee women's basketball and Duke men's basketball camp in the same time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Zach, that was – the summer of 08 was epic. Um, you're, you are accurate. The two goats, in my opinion, in the same summer, along with not, not too shabby of a coach in Bruce Pearl – yeah. So I got to go back there. So the way that panned out was incredible. Uh, my brother went to the same university as Coach K, um, West Point, the military academy. And my brother was actually in grad school at Georgia Tech at the time. Okay. And so his advisor in college played with Coach K at West Point. Wow. And so just this, and then his son was the director of ops at Duke at the time. So my brother was teaching all this guy's classes for him and so he said hey my little brother's a young basketball coach out in Oregon this is when I was at Warner Pacific and do you think he could get on helping out at a summer camp or is there anything that he could do so I got to that opportunity so I got set up to work three weeks back there for coach K at the summer camps and that's 08 the year there in the China Olympics yeah and they won the gold medal and he's the head Olympic coach. And so a girl that I was training when I was in Spokane went to Tennessee and was playing for coach summit. So I reached out to her and I was like, Hey, I checked the summer dates. Um, it's right before the Duke camps. Do you think you could help talk to your camp director, director of operations or whoever puts that camp on and see if I could come out and help? So she put in a good word and, Oh, he's working at coach K's camp. Okay. He can, he can get on here. So then I reached out to the director of ops for the men's team. Cause there was a week in between where Bruce Pearl was having a camp. So I, Hey, coach minor, young coach, but I'm going to be helping out at Duke and then helping at the women's team um, summer camp. Do you think I could help at your camp? So I got, so I was able to work it in that summer to get to work for Pat Summit, Bruce Pearl. And then it was awesome. I, I, I remember it like it wasn't 12 years ago. I, (laughs) I can remember taking the Greyhound from, I went from dirt or started out in Tennessee and went down to Durham and spent three weeks down there at Duke and great relationships. Um, Seeing what they do and how they do it and why they do it that way is really impressive, and I know it's one of the things it's not how you do it, it's why you do it. Yep. and I think that's something that made Pat Summit so special was she was a pioneer. I mean she's the one that changed the whole mentality of women's basketball. I mean, she was just incredible with her discipline and her, if you're with me, I'll roll with you through anything mentality that she had. And I just really had a great, I had a great, her demeanor and presence was amazing. And so I just really enjoyed all the opportunities I had to interact with her and her staff. Um, first class, and then Bruce Pearl, just an incredible guy. Um, a winner, flat out. I love it that he started as a manager For at sure. Boston College, um, got on at Stanford and then Iowa, um, and just got a D2 head job and won a national championship, and then went to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee. Yeah. Took them to the sweet 16 when he got the job at Tennessee, had them ranked number 1 in the nation when they beat Derrick Rose and the Memphis <laughs> squad. So Bruce Pearl's not, I mean, he's he's obviously doing pretty well now down at Auburn, I'd say so. So he's a winner and he treated me right, so I have a lot of respect for Coach Pearl. And then obviously Coach K just with his um leadership and leading with heart that's that's one of my books that i carry or that i have here in my office just the that's great so yeah that that the summer camps i also had the chance to work at oregon and gonzaga um and travel around the west coast and do some camps but the summer camps is a great way to network that's something i always tell young coaches is try to get to as many of those as you can. and the people they bring in to coach at those Duke summer camps are top-notch. Um, so I've been back eight summers now. I went back last summer and the year before. It's hot and humid in Durham in June, but it's a great place to spend a, a week during the summer for sure. No doubt about that. I uh, um, It's on the bucket list for sure. It's on the bucket list. It's a good one. It's definitely one you want to check off for sure. No doubt.
0: All right, so let's move forward a little bit here. Uh, we're going to touch on your your five years that you spent on Southern, Southern Oregon, um, and can you just kind of talk to us a little bit, uh, maybe about how you personally, and then you as a plural staff, um, you know, in your time there, kind of helped improve that program and, and kind of, you know, push it forward a little bit.
1: Yeah, so Southern Oregon University, their head coach had been, has been there now, I think, 24 years. So he's had a long stay there. Great coach, just uh, does a really good job. Um, they were really good in the from about 2003, kind of when I was in college. Guys that I was high school guys with, they were really good. And they had a little bit of a downturn. Um, They finished ninth in the league out of 10, three years in a row and had been down. And but the opportunity for me to get back on staff and get down there opened up and I took it and we went my first year, we were ninth out of 10 again, and we changed our recruiting. So that year, my first year, 2009, we had three D1 bounce backs and two junior college transfers. And just they didn't have the connection, the buy-in to the school, so there wasn't that rapport with the school, and they just they didn't they didn't buy in. There was it was just a lot. It was hard, and we were ninth out of ten, and I didn't know the kids as well because it was my first year there. So we really worked hard to get high school kids. So that was my primary role that first year. I was out recruiting a lot, so. NAIA with scholarship money I recruited three or four kids a year and I really went after those three or four so first two kids in that class that first year were Kyle Tedder and Jeff Bush and Kyle and Jeff believe me when I said hey you come here we'll be good we're (laughs) not really good right now obviously we're ninth out of ten but if you come here we're going to be good and they listened to me, and they trusted me, and they believed me. And every time Jeff dimed up Kyle, their senior year was a new school record for assists in a career and three-pointers made in a career. That's great. So those two kids believed in me when it was a little bit – it wasn't as cool to be a Raider, Southern Oregon Raiders. You know, NAIA with scholarships. We were able to get kids through college with very little debt. We tried to get kids that we could get academic and athletic scholarships. Um, quality kids high school kids so we went ninth that first year then Kyle and Jeff's first year we were seventh so and then we went out and got some kids that next year Um, one of the kids we ended up getting a junior college transfer in with Kyle and Jeff and Jordan Highland was a newcomer of the year in the conference so we had four recruiting classes, and three of the four years we had the newcomer of the year in the league. That's pretty impressive. And so I was proud of that, that we were getting good young kids that would develop. And the one year we missed or didn't have the player of the year or the newcomer of the year, we had a kid named Eric Thompson come in, though. And he had pitched for the Dodgers for five years, and he made it to AAA as a pitcher for the Dodgers tears his rotator cuff and decides to come back to college and play basketball again and he's 6'7, 240 and his freshman year you know we called him a non-traditional freshman because <laughs> he wasn't a red shirt <laughs> he wasn't a true freshman he was non-traditional yeah so he gave us 38 three times in league that year Shot 47% from the three, and I think like 86% from the foul line on the season. And he just was – and so we went from ninth my first year to seventh, to fifth, to third, to my last year. We had – well, I was really proud of the kids that we brought in. We had a 3.52 team grade point average, 3.52 and we were started 13 and one and we're ranked number two in the nation and for the first half of the year we just had kids that bought in they believed in it 14 of the 15 kids had played their freshman year at southern in 2014 so my last year we had 15 kids on the roster 14 of them had played their freshman year at southern Um, We had a kid that redshirted somewhere else and then came in. We had Eric come back as a non-traditional freshman. And then we had one junior – or transfer from Oregon State. So walk-on from Oregon State. Um, So we had – and we had just – we had good players, obviously, but they started as freshmen, and we didn't necessarily – I mean, some of them played right away, Kyle and Jeff. But some of those kids that last year were kind of buying into their role yeah. Tim Weber, shout out Tim Weber, playing on my summer club team. We'll talk about it in a minute. But he, I started it and he was six, seven, and was started his junior year in high school on JV. But uh, after his junior year, I talked him into playing for my club team. His mom was a principal at an elementary school, just an incredible family. Tim was a 4.0. And senior year, he's player of the year in the Southern Conference, came to Southern. And kind of got his butt kicked as a freshman, skinny, gangly. (laughs) But I'll tell you, that kid worked his tail off. And he graduated from Southern in three years, got his master's his fourth. And then his senior year, so he already graduated his undergrad, his fourth year, he averaged eight and a half assists a game and had four triple doubles. And that's NAI. That's scholarship level basketball. And so to graduate three years to get your master's your fourth and also be second team NAIA all American. Yeah. Um, but that's he's just the perfect example of the kid that came in, believed in the system, believed in the culture. What we talk about is what we do. You don't just say this stuff, you do it. You don't just have slogans. You you don't just have phrases. You actually culture is your actions. It's your beliefs and your actions, not just not just your thoughts and beliefs it's got to have action and so I was just so proud of those guys at Southern Oregon that every year I was there we had more wins than the year before Um, got to go to the national tournament I know in the layup lines we were just talking about Mm -hmm. that the national tournament back in Branson Missouri and you know just an incredible tournament Um, 32 teams one location uh the way they do it's first class there in branson everybody has a host so ours was the olive garden and partnered with the um the duck boats so we got to go out on the duck boat ride in branson missouri branson's great if you're old and love buffets or miniature golf (laughs) or the naia national tournament was killer man so a lot of fun um coaching down at southern oregon for sure just really enjoyed my experience as an assistant coach there um some of those guys have been in at their weddings and um they're all very successful kyle the three-point shooter from coos bay was a head high school coach and got to cut nets his first two years as a head high school coach um jeff's working for pacific automate office automation and doing really well and Eric's a middle school teacher and could have gone and played pro basketball but he'd already done the pro athlete thing he's got three kids he's just you know Tim Weber's teaching back in his hometown um, middle school math and science Um, those kids are just I mean they're they're men now I still call them kids that shows how old I'm getting but (laughs) I just I think that those guys made us look good as coaches on a nightly basis and They were, we had a lot more fans. Attendance went up. Um, Obviously when you're winning, it goes up. But when you're doing kids that were in the dorms as freshmen with the football players, with the baseball players, you know, that develop up through the school. We had guys that we're proud of to be on campus. And that just makes the culture just so much better when you're getting guys that come in the leadership, plus I knew the kids better. My first year wasn't as much fun because we were getting our butts kicked and I didn't know the kids. My last year, I'd sat in every one of those kids' living rooms except for Eric when they were in high school and, can, and they decided to come play for us. And we had a great, I mean, it was just a great campus, 7,000 students, football team. Um, I just was really fortunate to coach there. And a lot of my pay had been in graduate credits. So when I finished there, I, uh, 2014, I finished my master's degree. Yeah. And it was kind of time to figure out what my next, what my next step was. That's great. I love that. I, uh, I think I can definitely kind
0: of speak on those, those last couple of years. It, it makes it a lot easier, you know, as, as a coaching staff when you got, good players that, you know, happen to be good kids that you don't really have to worry about off the court or anything like that. So you, nice. just, you walk into practice, you worry about coaching and, you know, helping them get better, and that's all you really got to worry about for the day. It's, you know, there's no, you know, you're not worrying about chasing kids down to get to class or, you know, chasing, chasing them around on the weekend. You just got good kids that, that care and and want to work and get better. That's that's good stuff. So So nice. So much better. For sure. So, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here. We're going to take, I think we're going to take a little bit of a step back as far as the timeline goes here. Um, I believe it was shortly after you graduated from the University of Portland, you started working for the Oregon Stars, is that correct?
1: Yeah, so I actually started the Oregon Stars and the showcase, the Southern Oregon Showcase. Yeah. uh, My first year when I was at SOU. Okay. Okay. So when I moved back down to Southern Oregon, that's when I started the Oregon Stars, so like Tim Weber, the kid I was saying, graduated in three and got his master's, his fourth. He played on my first Oregon Stars team.
0: Okay, so, so that I
1: started the Oregon Stars in 2009.
0: Right, so the, so the Southern Oregon University job and, and the Oregon Stars and the Southern Oregon Showcase all kind of coincided kind of at one time. Um, yeah. So can you kind of talk about uh, like a little bit of the – the day-to-day type of stuff that you did, and kind of maybe the differences between the Oregon Stars and then you know the Southern Oregon Showcase that you, you started.
1: Yeah, so so it kind of the way it worked out was I got the job in October and or September practice starting in October and trying to figure out how to recruit, get creative about how we recruited. I. Thought it would be a good idea to have like a club kind of traveling program. So the team that I was on in high school I had a great experience on a summer traveling team called the Oregon Stars. So I talked to the guy that I played for and he said, yeah, I'd love to have you use that name. And so I used the Oregon Stars and we we had a five-year run, same amount of time I was at SOU. And had a lot of kids move on to play small college basketball. So that was – so the Oregon Stars had six kids come to Southern Oregon and play for us. So it was kind of a nice little pipeline. Yeah, for sure. Um, Finding the right fit of a kid, the kid that could help your team GPA be a 3.52. Yep. You know, um, so I found those – and the kids that maybe weren't the right fit at SOU, I'd help them at, you know, someone to – Concordia, Irvine. One went to University of North Dakota. Keenan Walters played at North Dakota. Cameron English played at Concordia, Irvine. Seth Erickson was at Oregon Tech. Um, he actually was an NAIA All-American. Um, so I had some really solid kids that played for the Oregon Stars. Um, but it was just a club team that I tried to do it a little bit different. Um, focusing on the character and the academics and um, teaching the kids more than just basketball, which has always been a big belief of mine. And kind of when we talk about my why, it's more than hoops. And so um, the Southern Oregon showcase after that first fall or after that first summer with the Oregon stars, the kids, I decided to do a showcase league for the kids that weren't playing football or fall sport to help them continue working on their game before hoop season started in the winter. So that fall, I ran the Southern Oregon Showcase, had eight teams. The kids showed up, we had a draft. So kids from North Medford played on kids' teams from South Medford. We had eight kids driving an hour twice a week to come from Roseburg down to play. So kids were coming in and they, I drafted the teams or the coaches picked the teams. So it was a little bit different concept for a fall league where it wasn't this high school plays this high school, this high school. All the kids showed up for the Southern Oregon Showcase tryouts, picked eight teams, and then twice a week, three games, and the teams played each other and it was competitive and buzzer beaters and... Mm. Um, it was just a lot of fun. So I ran that for four years. So I ran the Southern Oregon showcase for falls. So I did in the summer, the Oregon stars and the fall was the showcase. And then Southern Oregon university was during the winter. And then the spring, it was back to the, the Oregon stars and summer would be the the stars and the elite basketball school I started in 2010 so we just had year 10 of that and that started small the elite basketball school started I had 32 kids and nine college coaches that were my buddies Mm -hmm. and a lot of those 30 some kids were Oregon stars that just wanted another weekend to spend together so in August we had another camp and basically, as all the kids that were on the Oregon Stars came together and started the elite basketball school, and just eight or nine of my coaching buddies came together, and we put them through drills and classroom sessions, and just really got the kids better. Um, and then that rolled into the showcase. So, I uh, the Southern Oregon Showcase was just an eight team league, where I had seven other coaches that came in and coached the teams, practices, and skill sessions on Sundays games that were statted um player of the week so it was pretty cool the showcase is something that i wish i could have kept going but when i finished down there in 2014 i moved back to portland right so i couldn't really keep the showcase or the oregon stars going so 2014 was the last year of the showcase and the stars um that's when i shifted to max hoops for sure
0: that's some good stuff so so kind of talking about max hoops here um can you kind of talk to the listeners and honestly like you know you reached out like I said earlier in the podcast you'd reached out to talk to me you know about doing that that instagram live and I mean you know i've I've probably been following max hoops now for you know a few i don't know it has to be probably four maybe five years and I honestly i I can't even for the life of me remember how i I came across it I don't know if it was a buddy that had mentioned it to me or if I you know it kind of found it on on my you know discover page on Instagram but you know we've been following each other for all these years now and you know here we are you know, kind That's of awesome. four or five years later but can you kind of talk about Max Hoops and and kind of how it came to be and kind of what it is yeah. its own
1: entity yeah so max hoops um kind of came about when i moved from southern oregon i moved 4 hours north to the portland area back to the portland area and so i i had a summer job so i couldn't run or i had a job that was busiest in the summer so i retired kind of from coaching at southern oregon spent three years not coaching at a university so i set up max hoops to stay involved in the game and partnered with a guy adam maston good friend of mine still a good friend of mine he played at oregon state um led the pac 10 back then it was the pac 10 in minutes <laughs> played um and was just really good guy one of my good friends so we started Max Hoops to kind of help those underexposed under recruited kids get opportunities so i in 2010 i started the elite basketball school where the kids would get classroom sessions with the coaches and then on the floor skill development but I didn't let them play five on five. So I have a summer camp. So the kids almost revolt, you know, at times because they (laughs) want to play games, right? So I was like, you know, guys, like we'll do a showcase in the fall. So the elite basketball school, I stay true to it. There's not five on five. It's not just roll it out, let them run up and down. It's skill development and classroom time. I mean, each college coach has like a competitive drill or something in their floor time but right. it's not this so the showcases that we do in the fall and the spring they get to play games they get classroom sessions with college coaches still but and they're getting some skill work but they're actually getting to work hands-on with the coaches and the coaches the college coaches are the ones calling timeouts and drawing up plays for them and so Max Hoops was just kind of started to help those kids from the, you know, maybe the smaller schools that didn't get the right looks or the bigger schools, fifth, sixth guy. Yeah. You know, cause sometimes, you know, out here, if you go to a big high school and there's two or three guys that can really play, they're getting all the shots. But if you're the fourth or fifth option, still getting the chance to show in a showcase that you can play um kids like that. So Max Hoops, I've seen kids show up for a weekend event and at the end of the weekend have the opportunity to go play college basketball because of a relationship that was facilitated or created at a Max Hoops event. It's pretty awesome to see. That's one of my favorite things about those events and one of the things that's so hard right now about this time that we're having right now without being able to have these events is kids are missing out on that opportunity to network with the coaches. So I think of it like a big networking leadership development um, exposure event. And the coaches get to show up and they can either lay an egg or they can bring it, right? And so it's up to them. So most coaches want to bring it, right? So it's like a coaching clinic. Because coaches are pulling out their best stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, obviously, not their plays and stuff, but their <laughs> best stuff that you can share because you want the kids to be like, Wow, I like that coach. I like the yeah. Geneva coach, rather than saying, Oh man, that guy's a dud. Right? <laughs> so that's kind of what gets the energy in the building, and it's a little bit different than some of the other showcase events that I've seen out there, just because it is a high-energy, positive event. So we talk about being hoop. High energy, on time, organized, positive, hoop. High energy, on time, organized, and positive. I love and that. If you can run an event that's hoop, you're gonna be better off. So, so that's just that's kind of how Max Hoops got started, um, and there's it's branched out into other things. You know, um, we've had fundraisers for different organizations. Um, We had four Max Hoops, a golf tournament that we ran that raised funds for kids. Um, And then Max Hoops Helps is a new one that I just kind of spun off during this COVID-19 quarantine to try to help those kids that would be coming to showcases. Yeah. so Max Hoops Helps, a little alliteration there. But trying to get kids that don't know where to start don't know what to do, don't know who to talk to, hey, Max Hoops can help, you know, because I can get those relationships, evaluate, give you an honest assessment of where you stand. And if you do these things, I can help a kid play if they have the grades and they've prepared academically, financially, they've prepared and saved. If you can do these certain things, there's places to play. But some kids don't, don't listen, and so Max Hoops has been something that I've really enjoyed seeing grow and kind of branch out into different things. We also started a tournament called the Exclusive. So, the Max Hoops Stay and Play tournament is called the Exclusive, okay, and it's in Las Vegas at the Westin. Mm. So, it's a stay and play, like a true you stay at the resort. You walk from the resort room down to the ballroom where I've rented three courts, three courts, side by side by side at the resort. So you go straight from your resort room down to the ballroom, play your game, and then you go out to the pool or pools. There's multiple pools. It's on the Lake Las Vegas. So it's a pretty sweet stay and play tournament. Um, year, last year was year two okay so year two of the exclusive um at the west in lake las vegas uh 48 teams from 11 states three from canada um so year two was better than year one and we were really excited about year three um this summer but the rona it's uh it's, uh, it's canceling everything, yep. everything but my bills yeah canceling everything but my bills so we're trying to we're trying to do the best we can to adapt and try to pivot and that's kind of why we set up max hoops helps is to try to give kids some counseling some mentoring some guidance some consulting um during this tough time so yeah it's tough when you can't do what you anticipate doing you prepare and you feel like you got, but you got to try to adapt. You, you know, you hope for the best, prepare for the worst. And this is just something so difficult to prepare for because it's never happened before. Right. Like for sure. you think about as a coach, um, you think about a coach Zach, that you, you kind of know what to say when somebody gets hurt or yeah. when you lose a tough game, you, cause you've done it before. You've practiced it, but I was talking to coaches this year, one of them, Dave Strickland, Umpqua Community College, 29-0. and mm. And his team's disappointed at the end of the year. I've never heard of that, right? Yeah. Like to go 29-0 and and have your season cut short and you don't get to finish the season. His team was literally warming up. They were the first game that got canceled. So at this tournament in Oregon, the NWAC, it's a junior college tournament. Yeah. The Northwest and 32 teams, four regions, eight teams per region. The top four teams from each region come together for a 16-team tournament. The NWAC tournament's awesome. I love recruiting the NWAC tournament. And I was actually there. So the men and women's tournament was postponed from the previous week up in Seattle to the following week down in Portland, and there was, it was, they played two games, and then the third game, before the third game, they said, we're done, so they, they literally played an 8 a.m. game, and a 10 a.m. game, and the noon game, right before the noon game, they pulled the plug and said, hey, everybody go home, tournament's tournament's over, that night, I was supposed to commentate for the state tournament, the Oregon 6A state tournament was that night. So it's just crazy how this coronavirus has affected everything. Just such uncharted waters, unprecedented times we're living through right now. And so how to prepare for those conversations, it's difficult. Like for me, it's how do you recruit to a Division Three school That costs $49,000 a year when a kid can't come visit and see how special it is. Can't get that feel of Pacific where I feel like if a kid gets on campus, they see that the class size is 18 to 1. They see that it's beautiful campus and it's a fifth Hawaiian and it's a third athletes and the vibe is just electric. Then I think it's easier to get them to commit, but when they can't visit and it's so expensive, yep. a lot of kids I think are just, you know, I'm still working. Um, I mean, I'm still trying to get kids, talking to kids, seeing if there's that one kid out there that might be the right fit for us. Sorry, I'm, I'm all, all over the place, Zach. You're no, doing, you're good. Those are probably gonna, no, this is great. Get
0: out. This is great. I love it. It's uh, I mean, I can sympathize with, you know, with that last little bit there, man. It's. It's tough. I mean, you know, I'm in, I'm in a pretty similar boat, you know, trying to recruit to a Division three school. It's – you know, Geneva is definitely a niche fit, and especially in, you know, the world that we're currently living in to try to get a kid on campus to go to a, a small, private, you know, Christian liberal arts school, it's, it's not easy.
1: It's not easy, but not easy. it's not easy. But if it was easy, everybody would be good at it. Yeah, and that's what makes you and I have our jobs, is because we're willing to go beyond. Yeah, what other people do. I love the saying, "DMGB doesn't matter, get better." Yeah, doesn't matter, get better. You know, no matter what's going on, you don't get what you want. Doesn't matter, get better. And it is very difficult. To recruit the Division three because you're, but you're going after a different kid. Yeah, I'm not going after the same kid that I was when I was at SOU. For sure, it's a lot different recruiting Division three
0: basketball. Yeah, so let's let's just kind of steamroll that last little bit of uh, you know, that the question about Max Hoops and uh, into our next thing here. You know, you're talking about a little bit about your your current role at Pacific. Um, can we just kind of talk to the listeners maybe a little bit, uh, about how you guys as a staff, uh, have kind of turned the corner, um, for, for your current program, uh, and what is a very, very tough division three league that you're playing in.
1: Yeah. I I hope we're, I mean, we're turning the corner, I guess right. you're um, in the process we're of in turning the, the corner. process. We're in the middle of it. We certainly haven't turned it all the way. We're working on it. We're trying to get a little better every day. So we really talk a lot about our three core values, which are circle of control, continuous improvement, and program first. So we talk a lot about if it's beyond our control, we don't stress about it. We don't worry about things that are beyond our control. Um, which is a lot right now with the coronavirus and COVID-19. There's a lot of this that's beyond our control. So if it's beyond our control, we try to let it go. Um, Continuous improvement. We try to get a little better every day. We're trying to get a little better every day. So, and that's in all areas of life, not just basketball. Continuous improvement and program first encompasses a lot of things. So if you're not, working hard in the gym, that's not putting your program first. If you're skipping class, that's not putting your program first. If you're, uh, you know, drinking off campus the day before practice, you're not putting your program first. So with those values and our head coach, Justin Lunt, he's going into his, he was at Puget Sound University um, University of Puget Sound. He was there for 12 years as the head coach, and left a team that has been in the top half of that uh, tough Northwest Conference. Um, he'd been in the top half pretty much every year of those 12, and left to come to Pacific, who's kind of been the doormat. So we've been haven't finished in the top four in the Northwest Conference in the last 25 years. Yeah. So it's talk about a tough spot to step into a team that's been the doormat um but he wouldn't have left a good job at UPS to come to a team if he didn't think he could get it going here and I believe in him I believe in the school um I believe in the program and his core values and he's just he's uh we're big on gratitude in our program and he lives it he's just very appreciative and thankful for what I'm bringing to the program And I just really like um, where we're at right now. Uh, We had the freshman of the year. So top newcomer of the conference. That's good stuff. Our first recruiting class. So shout out Nick Drinan. Nick's a bucket man from Spokane. Came to a Max Hoop Spokane event. Known him since he was a sophomore at Gonzaga Prep over there in Spokane. Um, Had options, but he prepared. He's just a really smart kid. Um, and he can really shoot it. Yeah. He's not six six. Athlete. I mean, he's quick, but he's probably six one, six two. But he's got a strap, man. He can shoot it. He's quick. He's got the just the floater down, teardrops. Um, Had thirty two this year against George Fox, twenty nine against Linfield. Um, so I, I love the school that we're forty five minutes from Portland. We're We're about halfway between Portland and the Pacific Ocean. Okay. So you drive one way, you get to downtown Portland, catch a Blazers game, see a concert. You drive the other way from our campus, and you get to the Pacific Ocean um, in less than an hour. Uh, It's a college town of about 30,000 people. So you're in a college town, but you're close to a city in Portland. Um, You you can get to the ocean. Um, It's just a lot, 2,000 students, 1,800 or 18 to 1 class size. So it's it's a lot of really good things to recruit. We run the system. So we play a unique style of basketball too. So there's a lot of uniqueness to our school. I feel like run the system. Um, and if the, view, the viewers don't know, that's it's the most wild style of basketball that I've ever, I've never coached. I've never played. I've never even seen anything like what we do at Pacific. We pressure relentlessly for 40 minutes. We averaged 104 a game, and we weren't very good. (laughs) So when we get more guys like Nick Drinan and, you know, Devin, some of our freshmen, we get some of those guys that when they become sophomores and juniors and we build underneath them, you know, when you're at rock bottom, that's a good place to build a foundation. For sure. You know, so that's what we're trying to do right now. So we're trying to get it turned around, um, but it's a process, right? And well, when you're losing, you want to talk about process. You don't want to talk about outcomes because otherwise you're sounding like a fool. Yep. But it's all about just trying to get a little better. One of our analogies is we're more like a crock pot than a microwave. Yeah. You know, it's not about right here, right now. We're not doing what we're doing to win right here, right now we're thinking about down the road you know it's that crock pot it's slow cooked it takes time you got to prepare it's not quick right away it's not instant gratification but it's always way better than when you get something out of the microwave and it's cold in the middle (laughs) it's hot as hell on the outside right so we'd like to think of ourselves more like the crock pot than the microwave so Justin Lunt just turned 40 years old, been a head college coach now 15 years. Um, He's definitely the head that gets us going, that leads our ship. And Matt Peterson was at Rhodes College back in Memphis as the assistant, and they ran the system back there. Um, And it's five in, five out every minute. It's just a different style of basketball, but it's aggressive. Yeah. Um, it's high energy. Our hashtag was what just happened because it's just so up tempo compared to what most teams play. Um, teams that say they play fast, they play more probably like a mile runner. Right. We're playing more like a four by four relay. <laughs> so it's, it's unique, but I love, I love being a boxer being a boxer is unique because there's only one boxer mascot in the whole country. Okay. So it's not, it's not, it's not rocky. Yeah, It's not Mike Tyson. You know, it's not a dog. People often guess a dog, but it's actually a Chinese mythological creature. Hmm. So a boxer is most of the time they're a statue. And it's good luck and fortune, but it's got the head of a dragon. Yep. There we it's go. It's got the body it. of a dog. And it's got hooves like a goat. So it's the only one. So if you look up, go boxers, that's our website. If you hashtag go boxers on Instagram, you'll see a lot of Pacific university stuff. So it's a unique style of basketball. It's a unique mascot. Um, The largest luau outside of Hawaii happens in Forest Grove, Oregon. So if you're looking for a good time in May, the luau at pacific is the biggest one in the continental united states so shout out hawaii love the hawaiians on our campus they're the best people um so friendly and welcoming so we have a great vibe on campus um you show your boxer id around town you get 10 percent off you get um happy hour all day at the black dog shout out black dog um, so it's just, there's a lot of really good things about Pacific that I feel like I have to lure recruits. Yeah,
0: that's great. So, so kind of the last thing that I got for you here, uh, as far as the interview portion goes is, you know, something that we kind of touched on earlier. Um, we're going to talk about, uh, just kind of give us what your, why, what what is your, why and why you
1: Yeah. Why do I coach? Um, Well, my number one, why is my daughter, Maggie and my wife and the minor, the minor name, um, Maggie minor. She's just two, but she's going to be something amazing. A lot of things she's going to be good at. Um, But definitely starts with her um, and the relationships. So for me, it's not, I don't let my identity hang on wins and losses. Yeah. Obviously, I want to win, but it's lots bigger than that. And so the relationships, why I do what I do, it's about not right here, right now. It's about five, 10 years from now, what's going to matter? So when you think about the relationships that you're building now, I'm building relationships, not in the 2020 class or the 2021 class, I'm thinking of it more about building relationships deeper than that. I want kids that are, can't even dribble a basketball yet to want to help me win championships down the road. I want Maggie Miner's friends. I want my good friends that are not having kids. I want their kids to, see them grow and i love going to weddings and graduations and so why the why is definitely the relationships and it's not what it's who and it's always who it's not where you're at it's who you're with that matters and i think that's one of the things that's so difficult about the quarantine and why i've started doing more ig lives and why i'm doing more um, FaceTime than i've ever done before is because the connection, we're social. we're not, I, the socially distancing, you know, physically distancing, but I don't want to be socially isolated.
0: Yeah. And with
1: the technology we have, if there is people that are feeling like they're socially isolated, then they need to figure out how they can change that. Cause it's, there's ways and it's not ideal, but doesn't matter, get better. Right, DMGB, lots of ways you can use that. Like, but it doesn't matter, get better. And so, trying to stay connected with people. But I know there's just people that check in with me. It's awesome to have kids that I coached back in 2008 reaching out and saying, Hey, Coach Minor, how are you doing during this time, man? Just thinking about you and thinking about the time we did this, this, and this. And those that's what matters to me is. When these kids that I'm coaching now, when they're successful business businessmen, you know, they're going to be bosses. They're not going to, you know, so I like to think of them, how they're going to be as a husband, how yeah. that kid that I'm coaching now that's 18 is going to be as as a father. Those are the things that matter to me. And that's why I do what I do is because I want to impact the future of you know, people's lives. So it's, that's definitely why I do it is just to see boys develop and change and grow and mature and turn into men. And I love, I love talking to recruits and I say that. And then I say, yeah, like boys to men. And they're like, (laughs) and the right, you chuckle, the mom and dad chuckle and the kid sits there like, what's boys to men that's funny i had a kid the other day who didn't know boys to men i was like are you serious you've never heard of boys to men and we're getting to that point i know it's making me feel old all the time when i say stuff like oh you're acting like steve urkel who's <laughs> urkel what oh it's man. funny kids are funny but i definitely do that is why i do it it's just to see those relationships with the kids for sure
0: yeah no that's awesome i, I would agree you know i think that's in a large, a large way, you know, the reason why I got into it too, um, you know, it definitely helped that I grew up chasing my dad around from gym to gym to gym whenever I was a young kid and kind of watched him go through the majority of his coaching career. Um, But you know, the relationships are a big thing for me as well. Um, So kind of, uh, you know, the tail end of the podcast here, I like to try to grab a a book and a podcast suggestion from every guest um, to kind of share with the listeners. Just kind of a little little tidbit to maybe help somebody get better. Um, so, you have a, a book and a podcast suggestion for us?
1: Yeah. So a book, I'll give a few. Um, Chop wood, carry water. Yep, is a good one. Um, that's that's always a good one. The one that I pulled up here earlier, Coach K's Leading with Heart, is a good one. I'm a big believer in Coach K's um, Beyond Basketball, the gold standard. He's got a lot of great books. And if you're looking more for just a little bit of entertainment, so that was Leading with Heart with Coach K. Um, Entertainment-wise, I have this one by Mark Titus. It's called Don't Put Me In, Coach. (laughs) And my incredible NCAA journey from the end of the bench to the end of the bench. So Mark Titus and just like the – the back of the book here, it's got quotes from Mike Connolly Jr. I haven't read this book and probably never will, but the cover looks pretty cool, I guess. <laughs> got quotes from Evan Turner. You want me to give you a quote for the back of your book? I guess I shouldn't be surprised. You've been writing my coattails for years, so of course you want to put my name on your book just so you can sell more copies. Oh, that's good. So Mark Titus is hilarious. Walk-on. So as a fellow walk-on, you know, uh, yeah. Some of the stories, he started this thing called Club Trill, which is a one followed by all zeros. So pretty cool um, story. So that's that's a good one. Don't put me in coach if you're looking for humor, um, a good laugh. And it's just, it's well written. He's, he does really well um, writing. And for the podcast, John, John Gordon's got a great podcast. I love John Gordon's stuff um the low post had one the other day that was great with uh Steve Kerr okay so um the zach low espn um yeah. the low pot the low post um cuz they talk about the 97 98 bulls with steve yeah. Kerr so the obviously after everyone's been watching the last dance For sure. um steve Kerr so i listened to that one today that was a great podcast um and then uh finding mastery um michael Gerv- gervais yeah um has some he's uh got a really good stuff he's got one um with demar Derozan rosen and kevin love um talking about mental health which was mm-hmm. really a good one um I'm excited to listen to the one from the Berkeley rugby coach, Jack Clark. Um, I'm uh, talking about team building, culture, and honesty. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, but that's, that's a good one too. So um, Finding Mastery and John Gordon. Um, those are a couple of good ones that I – that I check out and the low post. I've listened to a few of those also, but yeah, definitely good ways to stay stay sharp. You know, pick up sure. stuff, borrow,
0: yep. steal. <laughs> Books have always been great, but podcasts are becoming you know more and more relevant by the day. So that's, I agree. That's, that's some good stuff. Um, so you you kind of touched on uh, you know one of my last segments that I like to do with everybody. You kind of touched on. good bit of it, actually, um, when we talked about, you know, your time uh, recently with Pacific. Um, But uh, one of my last segments I always like to do is kind of like a little recruiting pitch uh, for the coach. They're they're five minutes of glory to kind of pitch to recruits that may or may not be listening. But uh, we call it a dunk, a free throw and a three-point attempt. Um, So a dunk is something close to campus, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes away. Free throw, something free to do on campus, and a three-pointer, or something a little bit further away, whether it be you know, anywhere from you know thirty to an hour. Um, so, can you kind of give us your dunk, your free throw, and your three-point attempts for Pacific
1: Yeah, um, let's see. The dunk, we're fifteen minutes from the Nike World Headquarters. That's so pretty good. Nike's <laughs> World Headquarters. Um, their campus is gorgeous on a lake. Um, the Mike Krzyzewski Gymnasium, the Bo Jackson Center, the Tiger Woods Arena. It's, it's first class. Obviously Nike, what they do out here in Oregon um, at the University of Oregon, but also just being 15 minutes from the Nike World Headquarters with the Nike Employee Store where you get everything's 50% off and it's all the newest, fanciest, nicest Nike stuff. So I love, I love that the Nike World Headquarters is near Pacific. Um, I have a lot of friends that graduated from Portland that work there now, um, so that's how who hooked me up with the Adapts and all my Kobe's and there's just, shout out Nike, I don't know, John Olinger, there's just some friends there that take care of me, so I've, I haven't had to buy a pair of Nikes in quite a while. I haven't had to, I have, but I do, they do take good care of me at Nike, so 15 minutes from Nike World Headquarters at Pacific University is pretty cool. Um, as far as the free throw, um, there's, there's a lot of great stuff that you can get into around Forest Grove. Um, obviously, with a third of our students being athletes, sports is a big part of the university, so you can always go i mean football games small college football games on saturdays are awesome in the fall um our women's basketball team was really good this year the um softball the baseball there's just a there's 24 different varsity sports teams mm. so getting to go to all those things is awesome um the the luau or the hawaiian club um they're always doing stuff in the on campus um but yeah, there's just there's lots of stuff happening around campus. They do a really good job about activities. Um dorm casino nights and just there's always stuff happening. Um it's a college town with about 30,000 people, so it is cool to be a boxer and you get the high level academics. Um it's great for kids that want to be doctors, physical therapists, optometrists, pharmacists, um you know exercise science business is a really strong program at pacific so it's uh yeah i i feel like i could just keep keep giving you more and more about why i love pacific but i've kind of been pitching it the whole time here (laughs) so the free throw and then um a little bit further away i think i kind of mentioned it but you're right in between Um, the ocean. So you can go get some delicious seafood or you can go downtown Portland and catch a Blazers game or get to a concert. Um, But then you're not like in the heart hustle and bustle of a city. You're actually on a beautiful campus that looks like a golf course. It's got some beautiful old buildings, some fancy new buildings, um, but you're right in the heart of Forest Grove. Um and you can get to wine country. There's like great wineries. The Willamette Valley is famous for sending their Pinot all over the world. Yeah. So good wineries. Um and yeah, I just Oregon's weather is it rains, but there's four seasons. So you get the fall, the leaves change. You get some winter, but you're only probably getting maybe a day or two of snow a year. Mm-hmm. But you can get to Mount Hood and go skiing or snowboarding that's about 45 minutes from campus so you can wake up and go snowboarding in the morning and then if you wanted to get on the river and go they do kiteboarding out on the Columbia Gorge and uh, then you can go surf the sunset that was an epic college day we talked about the epic summer of 08 2005 <laughs> getting up and surfing in the morning and then windsurfing in the afternoon so snowboarded in the morning went windsurfed and then surfed in the ocean before sunset that was a good pretty good day so yeah i just i I feel like with right around campus you can get to different places that kind of fits a lot of different personalities there's a lot of hiking and um, in the summer there's boating and wakeboarding and um, it's still green because it does rain more in the fall and spring, so it's it's a beautiful place. I love the Northwest. I've been to 49 states. Mm. I've never been to North Dakota. I've never been to North Dakota, so I can't speak for that one. But I've been to Alaska, Hawaii, and 47 of the lower 48, and I love where I live. Um, I'm definitely very fortunate to be getting to coach at a high-level academic school and there's nine division three schools in the Northwest and there's about the same in Southern California. Yeah. So there's not, it's a lot more spread out, you know, our league Whitman and Whitworth, two powerhouse programs, you're driving six hours on a bus and four hours on a bus. So It's a little bit different than the east, the northeast, especially where there's a lot more Division three schools. So here, you know, it is um, a little more spread out, but there's only one, like, overnight bus trip. The other six teams in our league are all day trips up and back, mm. four of more within an hour of our campus, mm. so...
0: Yeah, I'd say that's a little bit different than uh than the Northeast for sure. We got uh just in our conference alone, everything's kinda within an hour and forty five. Thankfully, uh Thomas Moore University is now uh NAI. They were they used to be a six hour bus trip for us down to uh down to Kentucky. Don't miss those days. And a powerhouse too, right? Yeah, and a powerhouse. That uh that doesn't hurt. That
1: <laughs> so doesn't get rid of them. Yeah, right. <laughs>
0: So, all right. Well, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, I'm going to give you a minute here, uh, to just kind of drop some contact info. If any of our listeners, uh, maybe want to touch base with you or just kind of connect and kind of get to know you better a little bit. So.
1: Yeah, for sure. I love, I love what you do, man. So first off, thanks for having me, man. It was great getting to chop it up with you and just chat basketball. And I always love anytime I can bring up those Gonzaga victories or (laughs) high school memories. So um, hopefully there's a little bit of knowledge or information that your listeners can glean from all the rambling that I kind of get. I know I work in tangents and it's all making sense in my mind, but then sometimes I listen to it later and I'm like, "What was I talking about? How did I start <laughs> talking about that?" But no, definitely appreciate you, Zach, and following Max Hoops and um, just trying to make an impact out here. So Instagram um, is Max Hoops three. So is Twitter, Max Hoops 3, or my personal ones, Coach Minor 3, and that's M-I-N-O-R 3. And then my club team, Team Push. We have an Instagram, Team Push NW, Team Push NW for Team Push Northwest. Um, Didn't get to touch on that too much, but um, Push stands for passion, unity, servanthood, humility. I love that. So that's what we put on our chest, Matt Conboy. And I started that um, as a club team, similar to the Oregon Stars, just character-based, having core values that we were on our chest. Um, so Team Push NW. You can also follow Instagram on that one. Um, emails minor 3 at Gmail. MaxHoops3 at Gmail. Three with my college number. and Max Hoops and Coach Miner were both taken, so I figured throw a three behind it, right? Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. Well, I appreciate it a lot, man. It was definitely good getting to connect with you, and I love what you're doing for the game, and um, definitely look forward to staying in touch. For sure, man. I
0: really appreciate that, and I appreciate you giving us some time here to kind of talk, and, uh, you know, hopefully once all this is over and we get through a, uh, you know, hopefully another healthy college season and, the uh, the springtime rolls around next year. Maybe I can sneak out to the northwest, catch some soccer, and uh, stop by Pacific on my way.
1: I love it, man. Timber or Timbers Army, come yes, out, sir. Yes, top, sir. Man, all It'll right, a my good man. Time. All right, Zach. You take care, man. You too. Thank you. Stay safe. All right,
0: buddy. Hey guys, just wanted to thank you all again for tuning in this week. If you guys are enjoying the podcast so far, and you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. And if you would, please leave
1: us a rating and a review. It would really help the podcast. Thank you. Have a good week.